Hey there, podcast listener. Steven here from the podcast you're currently listening to. You ever heard a podcast and think, I can do that? Well, maybe you can, or maybe you can't, or maybe I can help you get started with it. Hosting is the most expensive cost you'll have in a podcast, and that's why Anchor by Spotify is the easiest way to make a podcast. Really, they have everything you need all in one place. Anchor has tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. With Anchor's hosting, you can distribute your podcast to other listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and a whole lot more. And if you think you can do a better job than I, record a podcast right now. There's very low risk involved. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started today. she was 21 that's all i'm saying yeah too bad those numbers were reversed yeah well i mean yeah i thought it was a little weird that i had to pick her up from the elementary school but i thought she worked there <laughs> <Mas puto>. <laughs> <laughs> all right all right what's up everybody welcome to the lazy geeks podcast number 99 oh yeah yeah right there we're one away from the century mark and you know what comes after that? 101. So <laughs> everything will be cool. Uh, so it uh, this week, the, I put this in the show notes. Adam, <laughs> Adam picks up and goes, what the fuck is this? And uh, I was like, I was like, did something happen that I forgot? <laughs> it said amnesia. <laughs> uh, I, got, I got ambrosia. I mean amnesia. <laughs> Um, what happened this week was Adam had a little issue and his window phone literally, it, it basically, it didn't save him. It saved you guys from not having the ability to accept Adam, you know, to, to get your daily dose of Adam on the website. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. um, and also to kind of show off that the windows, windows phone is kind of a boss. Yeah, it's true. So basically what happened, right? My um, internet went out for a couple of days. Now, this was due to the fact of me not paying enough on my damn bill. So, <laughs> well, they send me a bill. And if they, they've been jerking me around the last couple of months. They send me a bill, and I pay the minimum, like a real American, like a patriot. Right. I pay the minimum because I'm broke. That's, that's your God-given right. That's right. And then they sent me another bill. But I thought, because it's the second bill, I thought it was next month. 
but it was an adjusted bill that was like a little bit more. I guess the first one was incorrect or something like that. Like whatever. Like, I don't even know what happened. So I was short like 70 bucks. So of course they cut the internet two days before I get paid. So I'm fucking broke. I ain't got 70 bucks. So it was out for a couple days anyway. So I, I hit up, I hit up Steve and I'm like, I ain't going to be able to do those stories. And he's like, yeah, okay, whatever. And then I'm used to it by this point. Fucking dick. And then I go, I go, Oh wait, I got this motherfucking windows phone. So I started doing, um, started doing the stories on the phone. It was pretty legit, dude. Like I typed them in word on my computer and then I moved the word document to the phone, opened it in office on the phone copied and pasted it to the WordPress app. A little bit of editing. The only thing that bothers me, and this was like this on Android too, the WordPress app doesn't really let you put a picture in the article. Yeah. Which is a pain in the ass. So I had to have Steve do that, but you know. But considering yeah, but considering the work that I would have had to do to actually come up with the stories to fill in his spot, mm-hmm. it was like that was like the least the the least frustrating bit on there, but what was funny is and yeah that's the one thing I I do agree with the the WordPress app is they're a little they're a little weird, but when he told me he goes oh wait I'm gonna try it on my Windows phone I'm gonna see it and then I heard this boom and then I didn't realize that was the mic dropping that's right yeah so now uh, while while I could have accomplished all that on an Android phone. I don't know if I could have accomplished it on an iPhone because I don't fucking touch them, so I don't really know what they do. I know what they do, and I could probably do it on iPhone too. But um, the good thing is, is that being that I had Office on the phone, it just made it so much easier. I didn't have yeah. to fucking play games. You know what I mean? Yeah, because you would have had to have written it on the Android phone itself, as opposed to porting it over. You know, like oh, Windows Doc, right over there. So. Made it just a fucking bought Polaris office or something. I don't know. <laughs> Silly shit. Oh man. Ugh. But that I thought that was kind of cool. I was like, going, ooh, that's a little sexy. A little sexy. Mm. May need to may need to have it bring it on the podcast. So I think you may need to get a Windows phone. <laughs> it impressed me, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it impressed me that much. Yeah. So, I had a little. Adam, Adam knew that I had been trying toying with the idea of going back with GameFly, and uh, I was one of those early adopters, way early on when I saw them on G4, talking about, yeah, this is basically Netflix for gaming. So I'm like, all right, that sounds cool. I'll try that, and I've had them, and uh, for I had them on and off for the last few years, but. A couple of, about almost a, a little over a year ago, you know, you got to start cutting, cutting the um, extraneous expenditures. So things like Netflix and GameFly go. And what had happened was I thought about, well, my financial situation is a little bit better, so maybe I'll go ahead and try to get back with GameFly. And I already got back with Netflix, but I was waiting. For, to me, GameFly is a little expensive. It is a little expensive. Yeah, I mean, 15 bucks for just one game was still a little much, but whatever. So I was waiting and waiting and waiting to see if they come up with something kind of cool. Well, they gave me an email that said, restart your Gamefly account for $1 for the first month. 
And I thought, okay, maybe that's what I need to do. So I had been toying with it, thinking about it, thinking about it, thinking about it. And like Adam, I live paycheck to paycheck. And I was like going, well, yeah, I can go ahead and give that, that, that dollar to, to restart it. So I go in through the email, make it through the flow. But I'm noticing something on the, the, the sign-in page is that I'm not noticing like first month a dollar or anything like that. You know, any indicator of how much this is actually going to cost me. As I go, continue to go through it, put in, the, put in the new card, and then click continue, all of a sudden I get this little thing that says first month $17 and some change, one game plan, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, wait, what? Hop onto my bank account. And Adam remembers this from their online support. They always charge you a dollar first because yeah. they, they, they always want to make sure the card is legit. Which they actually I, charge um like ten dollars first or something like that. Oh really? Yeah, it was it was a they used to piss customers off so bad. What the fuck you need ten dollars? And I always wanted to tell them, why don't you have ten dollars in your bank account? <laughs> but you know, it is kind of stupid. Yeah, I mean, and they always test it with the dollar, and then they charge you the fee right afterwards, which always didn't make sense because if you, the dollar can go through, why even bother with the other amount? But whatever. I know. Uh, so. They charged me 17-something. So that night, get on the um, support and go, what the fuck? And that's all the email was. I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> what the <if> fuck? <laughs> I sent the email saying, hey, got your promo for a dollar. I got charged for full amount. You know, what's up? So basically later that day, I get an email back saying, oh, we apologize. You know, could you forward us the email that you got? And um, and then we can we can look into crediting you, and I was like, look into crediting me, motherfucker, you better be crediting me, crediting me the whole like sixteen dollars some change. I forward the email, and then the next day I get an email saying, oh, we apologize that you didn't get the the one dollar promo. We're gonna we've uh, issued a refund. So it's gonna take several business days. Blah blah blah. Now it took only the course of two days, but I was looking. One thing one thing I've never understood is why can they take money out instantly? But it takes days to put money back in. Oh, I know. And and for me, it, it's – yeah, mistakes happen. But when you know you, you, you get on people – like Adam and I have been on the customer service end of this. And it's always you tell people, you know, you're supposed to go in through the email. I did exactly that. I went in through the email and still got screwed. And to me, it's not a great way to ingratiate yourself upon me. So now I have even less – of an idea of like do i even want to continue keeping this do you know get the first month and of course the games that i want are all low on both xbox and playstation so it's quickly gone ahead to tell me that uh it hasn't changed much maybe you know i should consider just dropping it after a month or so uh, so they haven't gone out of their way to thoroughly me yet <laughs> Yeah, me, me and my wife are thinking about um, cutting it too because we've had it for two months and we've had the same two games the entire time. Yeah. Because I got Toy Story 3, which is actually a pretty amazing game, like gameplay-wise. So the kids play it all the time and they don't want to they don't want to go past it. Right. And then it's like I just don't... Every game I want isn't in. Yeah. Like I rented... um. Tomb Raider 
from Redbox. Mm-hmm. I beat. Well, I haven't beaten it yet, but I'm gonna probably beat it tomorrow and then just return it. Yeah, because I wanted uh, that. There was that, and then there was God of War, and both are low. And what sucks too is that I went on there and I and it said like I went on the PS3 and it said low. So it's available in other systems. So I clicked on it, and then it showed me Xbox 360 available. You know, and then I went okay. So I clicked on that. Several hours later, I go back in there, and it's low. Yeah. And I'm like, that's fucking shit. And, like, I get it. You know, you can only have so many games. But that doesn't make it any less frustrating. Like, I don't, I'm not going to hate Games Live for that. But I'm not going to use it because of that. Because it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. You know, because honestly, I mean, I can just go... If it's a big game... See, the reason I don't want to buy Tomb Raider is because the only thing that people are saying sucks about Tomb Raider is the multiplayer. I mean, you're not Laura Croft in the multiplayer, so why do you give a fuck? So, once I beat the game, I'm done. I'm not one of those people that has to go back and get every fucking achievement. If I've beaten the game, enjoyed the story, I'm good. You know. And I'm about to beat it right now. And it costs me a total of $6. Yeah, yeah, and for me, I... I'm... I want to rent Tomb Raider because I have always been disappointed with their quote-unquote reboots or relaunches or whatever. So I don't want to spend the money to buy it. And especially, hey, let, let me let me be completely real right now, though. You will not be disappointed with this reboot. Like it surprised me every turn. The game was fucking amazing. Mm. Amazing. <laughs> I still don't have sixty bucks to throw away on it. No, I don't either. I'm just saying it's it's definitely worth a rent and a playthrough. <laughs> just like Laura. Oh. oh. Actually, this Laura is a badass. Like, I actually... This is how good the game is. I actually respect Laura Croft as an individual. Wow. I know. Because before this game came out, if someone said, do you respect Laura Croft as an individual? I'm like, I'd fuck her. <laughs> that would be about it. Because that's what she was designed to be. Just some sex toy. It's technically what Laura Croft was. She was a sex toy. The storylines were dumb. Nobody gave a fuck. Yeah. You know. So, it's good, man. And the game makes you feel like a badass. If you... Let me tell the audience. If you like the Uncharted series, the ones that were pretty much Laura Croft games with a dude anyway. Right. But with the production value shot through the roof. You're going to love this game. It's the same basic thing. Just with a very Laura-esque, you know, a little English broad running around. Well, that's kind of what, it, you know, Laura Croft was the predecessor to Nathan Drake. I mean, just put a guy in there and then suddenly the stories became a little more legit. They could have done the same thing with a girl, but then it would be copying Tomb Raider. Exactly. But what I like now is, because back in the day, you didn't, you couldn't believe that that the rendition of Laura Croft in the past was a badass. That's it true. didn't make any sense. This one, you get it. Like it's it's good. There's parts in that game that you'll you see the vulnerability. You see that she's she starts off as just this scared girl with incredible knowledge. She's she's an archaeologist. A lot of people forget that. Um, <laughs> but um and then she just like slowly but surely just says, fuck the bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Right. So it's it's legit. But we're trailing off now. And... I, was, I was expecting you to say, you know, she has an incredible pair of knowledge. <laughs> it's an incredible pair of knowledge. Well, she actually has that. I actually, um, from work, uh, we had uh, 
we had the Laura Croft shipper, cardboard shipper, and um, it was time to throw it away and uh, save Laura's life from the com- trash compactor. And she sits proudly on top of my um, desktop computer. <laughs> so, and I'm not ashamed at all. My wife says, are you really leaving that there? And I said, yeah, I really am. And that was the end of the conversation. Because <laughs> I'm the king of my house. Oh, yeah. Speaking of which. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So rolling right into it. Uh, my wife left tonight um, to California. She's going to be gone all day tomorrow. And I'm like, yeah, it's my fucking house. So granted, mo- the majority of my children are still here. But they're going to be in school. So we'll just get some quiet time, you know, with little kids. And um, my wife goes, oh, your mom's coming over. I'm like, what? He's <laughs> like, yeah, your mom's going to come over and help you with the baby. Now, I was torn because I'm not very good with the baby because I she can't. Once they can tell me what's wrong, I'm good with them. But I'll be like, what the fuck do you want? <laughs> Why are you screaming at me? Speak you know, English to me. <laughs> I'm one of those parents. Like, I'm telling a fucking six-month-year-old baby, if you're not going to tell me, then you could just fuck off because I, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Um, so she's going to come and help me with that. And But then the other side is like, this is my fucking house. Ain't you nobody up in here telling me what to do. Not that my mom does that. I mean, my mom's, you know, a cool chick. But I don't know. I thought it was kind of cool. And then she's like, my wife goes, make sure you don't bring any loose women into the house while I'm gone. I'm like, yeah, I'll introduce them to my children right now. Well, like, I think, I think I'm past being that cool. Well, uh, and the fact that she term used the term loose women, mm-hmm. <laughs> don't bring any hoes into the house. It's like I would prefer tight women <laughs> in the house. <laughs> you know, if, if, you, if you're going to do it, you might as well do it right. Yeah. Well, no, I'm not going to bring any loose women, but your friend. No, just mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think it's time we jump into some news. So in movie news this week. I have to say that I'm a huge fan of the John Carpenter classic, Escape from New York. So the news I'm about to tell you has me a bit disturbed. It seems there is a reboot of the film with hopes that it will turn into a trilogy for Studio Canal by joining forces with Joel Silver. Deadline is reporting that Silver is planning on retelling the story of Snake Plissken trying to rescue the president stuck behind the walls of the city of New York. His hope is to take a rise of the Planet of the Apes approach and retell the origin story. Now, whether it turns into something remains to be seen, as it was attempted a few years ago with New Line, but instead of moving forward with the project, they let the option lapse. The original film was cheesy and campy, but that was part of its charm. They are searching for a writer, but it has to be someone that completely grasps the concept. Now, some people will complain that they should continue the story with the original Snake, played by Kurt Russell, but they try that with Escape from L.A., and that didn't turn out well for anyone involved. After the incredible improvement Fox made on with uh, uh, Apes film, I'm uh, willing to give this one a chance, but a very, very slim chance. Slim chance indeed, because Escape from L.A. was just, I don't want to say it was bad, it was just strange. 
Yeah. Uh, well, it was the the surfboarding tsunami that killed it for me. I, th- I think that was officially jumping the shark. I think I saw a shark underneath him. <laughs> right. That he that he hopped over. Yeah. That was. Uh, yeah. But I mean, I still love watching the first one. Well, the first one's a classic. Yeah. And the first one, the first one's grittier too. Oh yeah. It's got a darker tone to it. I mean, it's still funny, but it, it's got a bit of a darker tone to it. Yeah. Uh, what else? What what else are we fucking talking about? You know, it's just whatever. I think we're talking about <laughs> Ninja Turtles, so it, maybe. So yes, the Ninja Turtles. And we already found out that uh, Megan Fox was playing April O'Neil. Personally, I think they should have got April O'Neil to play April O'Neil. There's a porn star named April O'Neil, and she's she's just cute as a button, really. You know how like porn stars have that porn star look, right? Like they just look like. Either their face has been hit with a train, <laughs> or they've been in too many trains. If you know what I'm oh, saying. Oh. Um, April O'Neil's, and she's a gamer too. But we're 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 trailing off into fantasy land. Um, so this this comes from Ain't It Cool News, and it is cool. Uh, it was only a matter of time before the rest of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles were announced. Um, following the casting of Alan Richardson as Raphael, which Alan Richardson's Raphael. You're welcome. Um, last week, and as fast as you can say, Turtle Power. Fucking stupid. <laughs> Deadline has the rest of the Fearsome Four in place. So Leonardo is played by Pete Plozak. Plozak? Donatello is Jeremy Howard, and Michelangelo is Noel. Or no. How do you say it as a dude? Noel. Noel. Yeah, Noel Fisher. It's a girl's name, so. Um. <laughs> So let's let's figure out who these people are. Um, Fisher had had been seen in Hatfields and McCoys, um, is a regular on the Showtime series Shameless, and was a featured vampire in the Twilight Saga Breaking Dawn. Already losing me with that, but that's okay. Um, as for Plozak or Plozak or however you pronounce it, um, his his resume consists of guest work on Shameless and NBC's Park Parks and Recreation. Uh, Jeremy Howard, on the other hand, has mostly done bit parts, um, the likes of Galaxy Quest and Men in Black 2. Um, I'm assuming, and I know Steve knows, that a bit part is where you're seen in the movie for about five seconds. Yeah, where you basically maybe have one line in it. Like Chris, like filler. For all of you geeks out there, it's a bit part is Chris Hardwick, Terminator 3. Yes. That's what a bit part is. Yes. So, I didn't even know he was in that movie. Yeah. Um, with Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles using mocap technology to bring the turtles to life, you won't have to get used to seeing either of these actors' faces. We just have to hope they have the chops to bring their characters to proper life using these methods. If they can make it work, we might have a fun turtles flick on our hands. Shredder looks to be the next big role to go, and we could hear word on who will be playing the villain in a day now so the way this turtles movie is and like a lot of people have been asking me at work because i I work with people i mean i'm 28 so i'm not old but i obviously grew up with the turtles a little more than people who are 21 you know and i work i work with a few people that are a little younger and and they go what do you think about this because you know it's your child i'm like i don't give a fuck and they, they can make a fucking turtles porn for all i give a fuck yeah, I'm not one of that those... I would be interested in seeing. That's probably true. With April O'Neil playing April O'Neil. See, it all comes together. <laughs> um, the 
I'm not one of those people like, oh, you're ruining my childhood. Why? My childhood didn't change. You didn't go fucking back in time and change anything. You know, so that's okay. I personally think that this movie is not going to be... I don't have hopes of it being amazing, but I think it'd be a fun movie. We take the kids, you know, something like that. You know, something, something a little, something fun to watch with action scenes in it and shit. You know what I mean? Like sometimes you just want to go just watch a movie with shit blow up and people get kicked in the face. Well, I mean, for me, I, you know, I wasn't a child when I saw these, this movie or the early movies. Um, so for me, it's like I loved the first film, the first Ninja Turtle movie, I loved it just because it was fun. It was, and even now I'll watch it and I'm like, oh, this is the best one. It's when they get into the second one of Vanilla Ice that really loses me. Uh, but for me, it's never been like, oh my god, they're they're, you know, raping my childhood like people say with Star Wars and stuff like that. No, I think it it the fact that they're not teenage and mutant, they're just kind of being Ninja Turtles or aliens, they kind of stray away from whatever the original one was, but, you know, it's Michael Bay. He's going to do whatever he wants with it. So. Something's going to explode. Yeah. There'll be a lot of like, explosions. Like, even, even the, um, the Transformers movies. The Transformers movies get a lot of flack from, like, a lot of people about, you know, being shallow or being this and being that. I thought they... Now, I didn't think they were cinematic masterpieces, but I had fun watching them. You know, little jokes in there. You know, a lot of a lot of good action, good visuals. You know, would I if if I had to pick three movies to bring with me on a desert island? No, I would not pick the term the the uh, Transformer movies. Hmm. I've obviously picked the RoboCop movies, but I'm just saying that I don't understand how people get so upset. Like, Who gives a fuck? You know what I mean? Yeah. The Japanese weren't upset when we brought the damn cartoon over here. <laughs> it was a fucking anime people forget yeah but Japanese now yeah, America always takes our stuff yeah hmm. like, hey, you can keep it <laughs> fucking somebody was on some acid when they created these fucking people anyway <laughs> um, no you don't understand when I was a kid man my whole bedroom was turtles everything sheets pillowcases fucking my curtain was turtles I had the um, it was like the because we were kind of broke so like the only toys I had was turtle toys because I couldn't, we couldn't afford other shit. So it's like, <laughs> do, you, do you want this one or do you want this one? So I'd always turn. So I had the blimp, I had the fucking the uh, van, I had all the action figures, I had Splinter, I had the April O'Neil doll. Too young to really have fun with it, I guess. Um, <laughs> I even had that hockey puck fuck, and I never even liked him. Um, oh yeah, Casey Jones. Yeah, four birthdays in a row, turtle theme. Damn. Yeah. So I'm 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 hardcore. So if there's anyone who could be like they're raping my childhood, it would be me. But I don't know. I don't. I just don't get it. Like, why do you give a fuck? You know. I remember the turtles from the early '90s and the late '80s, and they haven't changed yet. So yeah. Instead, his 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 phrase instead of uh, from the streets, from the sewers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I remember when they had a uh, public service announcement things at the end of um. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah. Every single time i'm every single time i go to brush my teeth i turn the water off and that's because of one episode of teenage mutant ninja turtles that said conserve water make sure you turn the water off when you're brushing your teeth and the more you know the more you know i'm serious every time that's why <laughs> that's, that's because i saw that one. it's the only one of them i remember right. but 
and brush your teeth daily. Because back then it was just daily. Right. It wasn't twice a day. <laughs> just make sure you brush your teeth sometime a day, kid. Um, <laughs> just make sure you brush your teeth. <laughs> oh, look both ways before you cross. I learned all that shit. My mom didn't teach me shit. It was all teenage. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you get to remind her of that tomorrow. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, in the gaming news, uh, if you're a fan of the PlayStation 3 RPG White Knight Chronicles, then you'll Man. be sad to know that your favorite online version of the game will be coming to an end soon. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> Sad Hulk music. Uh, yeah, I know that sucks, but you'll still have some time to get in some serious online action going. IGN is reporting that uh, Sony will be shutting down the servers on June 18th, 2013. They posted a message on the American, um, PlayStation American forums, but there, was, there wasn't any indication if they'll cut the servers in other territories as well. Most likely they will. Uh, the game, which was developed by Level 5, was released exclusively on the PlayStation 3 in Japan back in 2008 and 2010 for the rest of the world. While it wasn't a blockbuster hit, it did manage to get a small hardcore following, which managed to get a sequel, White Knight Chronicles 2, in 2010 for Japan and everywhere else in 2011. There's no word on whether the servers for the sequel are being shut off, but we imagine that won't be for, for the moment. While the game can be played offline, there are some trophies that you can only get in online mode. PS3trophies.org notes that it, you, it can take anywhere from 500 to 1,000 hours to platinum the game. And, quote, while you're technically able to earn trophies offline, most are near impossible to obtain alone, end quote. So, you know what that means, right? You have less than three months to get your butt into gear and get and uh, work on getting the platinum. Or just, you know, not give a fuck and play a different game, but... <laughs> I honestly forgot about that game. I never played it, and I never gave a fuck about it. I don't know why. It just didn't catch my fucking attention. I'm starting to notice it's uh, a pattern here. There's a lot of things I just don't give a fuck about. Yeah. You know? What are you going to do? That's something you do give a fuck about. My... D- oh. Uh, oh. <laughs> so... Yeah, going the other way with that. We've already talked about the turtles. Now, let me... Let me do another shout-out to my childhood. So... Seriously, this this game's important. There are a few games from my childhood that Fuck really... Fuck the PS3. That's Fuck right. Fuck the Xbox. Uh, That's right. Was it 720, whatever the fuck it is. Whatever. Fuck, fuck, uh, fuck Call of Duty. That's too... I'm saying. <laughs> fuck the bullshit. This is it. That's right. So there are a few games from my childhood that really stand the test of time. Sure, there are your Zeldas, Barrios, and Final Fantasies, to name a few. Um, that are universally accepted as being legendary titles. But one that some people never played is DuckTales for the NES. <laughs> for those that love the game, it may be hard to s- swallow that some haven't even played it before. DuckTales is also one of those games that you never thought would be would be another... What? <laughs> A little editing issue. Um, you never thought that they would make another one, basically. You figured there was like just this great gem, and then that was it. Um, and something I didn't explain in the article. Although the DuckTales cartoon was the shit, that wasn't the reason the game was good. The game was amazing because the game was amazing. You could have put any fucking characters in there. I mean, the it was one of the first games where you could do like multiple shit. Like you could choose your level. You didn't have to go in a linear fashion. The soundtrack was amazing. 
the um, fucking it's my ringtone. And that was before I knew this remaster was coming out. That's hardcore. So anyway, it seems not to be the case with the announcement of DuckTales Remastered for Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, and the Wii U's eShop for all five people that will buy it on there. Um, <laughs> the game was announced at Capcom's, Capcom's World of Capcom, naturally, panel at PAX East with developer WayForward Technologies taking on the project. DuckTales Remaster will be using the NES title as a heavy point of reference, but this isn't a direct remake either. This new game will feature voice acting from the original cartoon series yeah. and, lev- and, yeah, and levels based on episodes of the show. If you're worried about rem- Remastered sull- sullying the good name of the NES classic, you can sleep easy knowing that WayForward is working closely with Disney to, quote, make sure everything feels right, and the gameplay is j- just like the- you remember. So on the lazygeeks.com, we have the trailer. The trailer's funny as fuck. Like, they do the sing-along. They play the whole opening of the cartoon. And they have the words at the bottom, just in case your punk ass forgot. I didn't even have to look at the words at the bottom. <laughs> Solving mysteries. Oh, rewrite history. DuckTales. Woo! That's the jam shit. <laughs> I, need to find, I need to find a dubstep remix of that. <laughs> there has to be one. Looks... You gonna buy this shit when it comes out? Um. Yeah, probably. I yeah. know me. I know me. But it'll it... probably be probably like twenty bucks. Yeah. I mean, it's it's. When I saw that, I was like, "What the fuck?" And I knew you of all people. I was like, "Oh my god, he's probably jerking it right now." Uh... I had already finished. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's. That is that is one of those games that really I couldn't put down, you know. And and like I said in the article, there's there's games that are obviously, I mean Zelda, you know, fucking Mario games. Everybody couldn't put those down. But there's those games that you might say nowadays to younger people or whatever, and you'll say it and they'll go, "What yeah. the hell is that?" Because only people from around that generation know what Ducktales is. Oh yeah. I used to watch that cartoon, Chip Chippendale Rescue Rangers. Rescue Rangers, oh that. yeah. It's that old school shit. Yeah. Back when cartoons were good. <laughs> I know now now that short attention span bullshit. I think I think the nineties and there's a lot of eighties cartoons that are good too, but I think the nineties was like the golden age of fucking Saturday morning cartoons. Like there was just that was when they started getting good quality. Like the color wouldn't change in different frames and all that shit. Well, like in the '80s, you had a lot of the the week the daily um, cartoons, which were pretty epic. I mean, you had Transformers, GI Joe, um, uh, Voltron, all of that stuff. And then you also you had the heavy imports of the of the anime stuff, like Robotech and um, and the and the Voltron series and all of that. But in the '90s, yeah, you really got in that step. I mean, I mean, you know, Ducktales, uh, Rescue Rangers. Cartoon, cartoons became sitcoms. Yeah, and then you had nineties. Yeah, and you had Animaniacs, and then of course you had uh, Batman and Superman. Mm-hmm. You know, so that that's really when it really stepped up, where they started to treat the ki- They started tailoring them for kids, but with adults in mind watching them. Yeah. So. Because adults watching Transformers in the eighties were like, "What the fuck is this?" <laughs> uh, and now they're the adults going to see the movies. Yep. All right. In comic news, uh, DC, 
the fuck is going on over there? Watch what you say. <laughs> Since DC has refocused their energy on the whole New 52 concept, it seems the rounds of musical chairs with the creative staff keeps growing. Uh, last week, uh, Andy Diggle... Uh, left the high-profile action comics after being appointed to follow Grant Morrison. So he left over creative issues prior to even his first issue being released. And later <laughs> that same day, Joshua Hale Filkoff has stepped down from both Green Lantern Corps and Red Lanterns. Um, it's an, This is another bout of someone leaving before their first issue hit the stands. It's um, It was only last month when uh, Falkov was announced as Jeff John's replacement when he stepped down from the titles. And while D- Diggle's decision to leave hasn't been explained, Falkov took to his blog to explain, quote, There was some editorial decisions about the direction of the book that conflicted with the story I was hired to tell, and I felt that it was better to let DC let their story the um let dc tell their story the way they want i'm grateful for the opportunity but i miss working with the entire green lanterns team end quote uh this is not an easy decision uh to make emotionally or financially but i'm sure it's the right decision for both me and for the green lantern books uh since we have been covering comic news for like over two years now i haven't seen this many creative staffing changes in a long time I know, it's been kind of crazy. I know, it's like every six months you're hearing DC's running around with every everybody else. But while many writers worrying about a paycheck don't like the hands-on management style, others are choosing to pick integrity and leave titles. So, I mean, there was, there was a, a story that came out and people are saying it's true. Some people are saying it's false. Um, they're saying that the whole reason uh, Falkov left Green Lantern Corps was because they were going to kill off Jon Stewart. And he didn't want to do that. So, but the guys that are taking over Green Lantern are saying, no, 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 that's that's not true. But who knows? Hmm. You, you never know. I mean, so many people have left over that particular instance, you know. I mean, that's like two, and I, and I fully understand um, the reasons why they would leave, creative freedom. But in Marvel, Marvel's doing the same thing where you're trying to make a universe where everything is connected. Yeah. And and I think DC is really succeeding in that, where all their books are very well connected. And, and we saw that with the uh, Death of the Family run right. as well. All the Batman books are just so intertwined. The down, well, not the downfall, but the, the downside of that is um, there has to, the creative freedom gets stunted a little bit. Yeah. Because the powers that be have to step in and go, no, no, no. You have to remember that these three books all say this. So this book has to say this. Yeah, you kind of have to have a, uh, what's it called? A more self-contained story when you're doing a particular run. Because anything that expands, like killing off a character or you know granting a character certain powers, things along the lines are going to affect other titles. And you're going to need to get everyone on board and DC... And, and Marvel will only do that in events. You know, yeah. this is a master event. This is that like the whole thing with uh, Damien, the killing off of Damien and death in the fam, death of the family. Those were tie-ins, and even the whole death of Damien only had little spot checks in all the other books. They were they weren't really tie-ins. Not like the death of the family, where all the stories kind of interconnected. Yeah, because you're seeing death of the family. And if you continue reading um, Nightwing, 
um, Red Hood and the Outlaws. Well, Red Hood and the Outlaws has kind of moved past it, but Nightwing is still I think, still on it. I think Batgirl just finished their thing yeah, on that. Yeah, Batgirl, and and the, and you saw that there was a death in the family, and then you see how it individually affects each book. And 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 honestly, I like that. I I think it gives a good um a good synergy. Yeah. Between comic books, and it, it's something that. It, it makes people buy more comic books too because they're not just little self-contained stories. Right. Um, but like I said, you know, if when death of the family was happening, while I'm sure the artists and the, and the writers were excited about it. What if something, let's say whoever was deciding what the Joker was going to do next in one book that has to affect the other book. And what if the person writing that book didn't want to do that? Well, right too fucking bad you know what i mean and yeah. and i can see how that can be a pain in the ass well continuing on that topic i think no <laughs> no so if you were a fan of dc comics uh, this is written by steve by the way because i couldn't find a fucking comic story for the life of me <laughs> and everything was... and everything centered around dc yeah in a negative way which was upsetting me too um if you are a fan of DC Comics, this week must have had your head spinning. Um, it appears that the departures of Andy Diggle <laughs> and <laughs> and Josh um, Falkov, Fal- yeah, whatever. Um, why do people have weird names? You know, that's just what I'm saying. Um, weren't the end of them. However, this one may have been in the planning stages for a bit. Earlier this week, when Diggle announced he was leaving the comic and the pu- and the publisher, it was touted that Daniel or what, Tony S. Daniel would be taking over writing duties to complete the arc. However, it seems that it was very literal. Yesterday, it was announced that he would stay on until issue number 21 to complete the story arc they had worked on and leave the comic immediately after. Quote, yes, many have heard. Andy Diggle left Action Comics after the first issue. Daniel said on his Facebook page, I can only say I feel bad he made that decision. I think it was the wrong one, but that was his choice to make. For the remain for the remainder of the arc, it will be working off his plots to finish out, finish out this first arc. So essentially, I became scripter in the credits with Andy as plotter. As for myself, I end my short run after I complete this first arc, which ends with issue 21. This was pre-planned since last fall, as there is another project that I'll be taking on and assisting with. A massive project with DC. Ooh, a massive project with DC. What's going on? I don't know. I still think people will like this arc, and I'm staying as true as I can be to Andy's plans for the story. <clears throat> so many changes going on in the in that comic that it makes. So, I'm sorry. So many changes are going on in that comic that it makes me not want to dip back into it since there. Well, I don't have to read this part because this is your. Opinion. opinion and nobody gives a fuck. No, I'm just kidding. Just, I just don't want to read it because it's not my opinion. It's not right. going to sound right. Um, but you can say what your opinion is. What's your opinion on this uh, story? Well, I was considering dipping back into it with a new writer, thinking, okay, well, maybe you know, maybe they'll take it into a place that Morrison kind of didn't. And uh, you know, I I read the last issue of Morrison's run and still un, unimpressed with it, but. I'm on the fence now because I'm like, well, Diggle's run's only going to be a couple issues, and then it's going to be a whole new guy, and 
it kind of seems like the musical chairs on that comic is going to be continued to be um, very brief. So I, I'm just thinking I might just skip out entirely on it and not even follow it again. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I haven't read action since like issue five. Yeah. I, I just kind of seems scatterbrained. It seems scatterbrained, and honestly, I, I am a big Morrison fan. I like a lot of his stuff. I remember when we saw him at Comic Con? I almost wet myself. I know. You know, but I just I'm just not feeling this one. Yeah, you know, I just I it, mean, I've read his books, Super Gods, and I loved his run on Batman. You know, he he really has the core Batman. But for some reason, with Superman, I don't know what it is, it's, or just with action comics in general, he's he's trying to he's telling this grand story, but it's kind of all over the place. So I don't know. Uh, well, into tech news. What really strikes me as sad is that wireless companies cannot let go of the fact that most people don't text anymore. With message services like Google Voice, iMessage, Kick, and even Facebook Messenger, not a whole lot of people still use traditional texting. Knowing that hasn't stopped Verizon from trying something a bit different. Now, when I say a bit different, I don't necessarily mean good, but it is different. In this day and age where we have more than one mobile device, Verizon has introduced Verizon Messages. It's a SMS service that can be used across different platforms. You can use it on your smartphone, move it to your PC, and then complete it on your tablet if you have all these devices. The messages are stored in the Verizon Cloud and are kept for 90 days unless you delete them, and according to The Verge, you can permanently save them on your SD card. Unlike iMessage or Kick, your Verizon message is linked to your phone number, so it doesn't matter which device you use. You can have some customization features, but if you will need to download the Verizon app to all your devices and log into, into it on your PC to retrieve messages. Not to mention that you can send a auto-reply if you have something better to do. To be completely honest, I don't see this is different from any of your other devices. I have a few friends that hit me up in basic text, but more often than not, they hit me up on either Kick or Facebook uh, Messenger. I know Verizon is trying to stay relevant and don't want people to lose faith in the once important SMS, but you're going to have to let it go sometime. Honestly, <laughs> and this and this might be something with me like when i got my phone um facebook a lot of people were telling me oh well facebook never made an app for windows phone and they didn't the facebook app that you can download when it says who made it it says microsoft corporation yeah it's a big word yeah so i was like that's kind of weird you know why you know facebook's fucking too worried about their damn weird search thing they're making so but I don't even use – I downloaded the Microsoft. I don't even use it because it's so integrated into my phone. Like if if you and I are having a conversation, so we're, we're in SMS. We're just normal texting because I'm out and about. I get home and I get on my, get on my computer and we, and we start chatting on Facebook. If I pull my phone up, our chat from Facebook will be in the same exact thing, the same exact chat log. As yeah. a text, like it's 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 blatantly integrated into my phone. If I hit the me thing, it's every all fucking my posts and people that say what Facebook and Twitter and all that bullshit. So the thing is, is that obviously Facebook is popular, but it's not the popularity that this, that's the thing here. It's the integration. Facebook is integrated into fucking everything. I think my toaster can make a post. 
you know, it's it's everywhere. Actually, it's posting right now. It has its own web page, Adam's Toaster. <laughs> it, it has a block. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, I mean, for me, it was just kind of like, okay, that makes sense, but how many times are you going to switch out from device to device? I, I mean, if you get something on your phone, more often than not, you're going you're gonna to have your phone on you more than you are at your PC or tablet. Uh, so to me, it's just kind of like, okay, I kind of see what you're trying to do, but because there is so many other communication apps out there, it just kind of seems a little late. And wouldn't it wouldn't it save them money to not have to worry about text messaging? Doesn't it cost them money to, to, for people to text message? I, I I would assume so, but the thing is, is now with their whole new pricing scheme, it's unlimited text and talk. So they they say what really causes costs them money is data. That's, yeah, that, that's, that kind of makes sense too. Yeah. Uh, whatever. Fuck, fuck them all. Fuck yeah, them all. <laughs> we were both like fuck them. Fuck them. <clears throat> so this counts as technology, by the way. I just want to let that be known before I start reading this. <laughs> so some sometimes with new technology. There are kinks in the system, bugs that need to be worked out. Sometimes in this case, it's in the in this case is more like most of the time when it comes to software. That sentence was weird. Um, <laughs> basically, kinks always have to be worked out of software. Um, one of the worst things to happen to online enabled software is is for it to have an exploit that hackers could use to trick users of said program into giving them personal information. Such an exploit has been found in origin, but it's not as bad as it seems. The BBC reports that researchers of the security company Revolns, Revolns, it's probably some French thing. It's R-E-V-U-L-N-S, doesn't it make any sense? Have discovered a loophole which ties into the way the origin service launches games. So this is a quote. Like many other programs, Origin uses a web-like syntax to keep track of the places the places games are found on a computer so they can quickly be started when people want to play, says the BBC report. Uh, the two researchers found a way to subvert this syntax to make it point to malicious code instead of a game. EA has confirmed that it is investigating the loophole, but there isn't any evidence to suggest hackers have utilized it at all. Our team is constantly investigating hypotheticals like this one as we continually update our security infrastructure, said an EA representative using as many big words as he possibly could. <laughs> <laughs> when you say hypotheticals in a, in a sentence and you don't have a PhD, you're reaching. Wow. That, that's it. You know, I'm just saying. I mean, I agree with what he's saying. I'm just saying, don't use the word hypothetical. Don't try to do, don't do that. Don't be that guy. You know, <laughs> just like, hey, man, we're working on it. We got this. You know what happened was... <laughs> yeah. he, he, I'm sure he has a degree, but it's a business degree, so let's all calm down, you know? Um, during the Black Hat Europe conference in Europe... In Europe <laughs> nice. Uh, Revolns um, demonstrated how the hack worked, showing a computer playing Crisis 3 that had been compromised due to the loophole. The, the funny thing is, they keep showing everybody it's going to become a fucking problem. <laughs> yeah. So this all sounds very bad, and in all honesty, it is. Any loophole in an online-enabled f- software 
that you enter personal information into is never good. However, this issue was found by a company that is employed to find these very problems so developers can fix them before the public finds it first. Now that he is aware of it, the problem will be solved. And that's, that's the thing is that this company's specific purpose is to find this shit. Yeah. Okay. And it's good they found it. I, if I if I open the news and I hear, um, you know, this, well, we're a company that researches loopholes in software to protect you and all that. We have found a loophole and now EA's working on it. All I do is go, good. Thank you. You know, it's, it's like it's equivalent to me. And this is obviously a, a bigger a more serious problem, but but kind of the same the same thing. If I if I turn on the news and I see police arrest man for attempted murder, okay, I'm gonna go good fucking asshole. Arrest that asshole. Right. As opposed to me opening the news and going, police did nothing and man murdered. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. So it's it's like when this story came out, EA already has issues with the public there there's a lot of ea haters out there and yeah. which i fully i really don't understand i always think it's funny when a gamer tells me why well, i'm banning ea good luck with that you just <laughs> cut off a big chunk of your fucking gaming time and, uh... you know, so and they've they've been getting flack with the whole origin thing now and origin being required with a lot of games like sim city and whatnot but i mean they're all doing that now so you can't really you can't really hate just EA for that. You can just hate that, the whole needing it. And it doesn't bother me either. I don't know why people get so uppity about that shit. Um, so the new, the, the, the quote unquote press, because obviously I'm quoting BBC. Now that's the press, but the people that are really whining about this are, are bloggers and, you know, stuff like that. People like us, people like us, which is fine. That's the public. But they obviously, my baby just woke up. Uh oh. We'll see what happens with that news at five. Um, I don't know. I just think people need to come see. I knew it was. Uh, it's gonna happen. Watch. Yeah, she's awake. Wait a minute. Is she? And she's back asleep. Fucking crazy kid. <laughs> You can leave that in. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Um, so anyway, that's just what I'm saying is that uh, it's good that they found it. And then I think everybody needs to take a take a step back and actually read what happened and not be like, oh, fucking EA again. EA don't give a fuck. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Yeah, I know. I never understood that, you know, complete hate. Yeah, I mean, signing, having to sign into Origin for everything for EA is a bit annoying. But you know what? That's the the nature of the beast and i think that's what differentiates us from traditional bloggers and geek sites is that we don't sit there and go you know unless it's apple uh no <laughs> but even that's with the cold truth yeah no but i i think with us here we're a little more level-headed unless we're either we have a serious gripe with it you know i mean a lot of the stuff like you know, we don't like everything, but we know why it's happening. We know that most of the reason for this is because of the douchebags that steal everything. The ones that feel entitled to. So if you want to hate somebody for it, hate the fuckers that steal it. And the ones that are complaining the most are the ones that are actually stealing this shit to begin with. Yeah, if you hear anyone complain that it's harder to download torrents, 
it's because they it's harder for them to steal shit. Yeah. You know, so it's it's I don't know. It's yeah. stupid. But in one instance that it's not so much the public's fault, but more of actually the company, I would say is Nintendo. And that brings us to our douchebag of the week. Um, again, it, it seems like every so often Nintendo seems to be returning to that specific um, that specific position in our podcast that I almost want to start calling it Nintendo's douchebag of the week. Uh, in this this week, there's something to be said about Nintendo. They certainly aren't Sony. A few thing, a few weeks ago, Sony dropped the price of the PlayStation Vita in Japan, and it nearly tripled their sales. However, in the United Kingdom, retailers have dropped the price of the Nintendo Wii U by 50 pounds, and it hasn't had the desired effect. The unofficial price drop taken by retailers like Amazon, Asda, Shop2, and GameStop have still not moved the console among gaming fans. A unnamed source speaking with MCV said, quote, Currently, Nintendo has not lost space, but their mix of sales is down. We are looking to reduce slightly, but must admit that their silence on strategy is deafening at this mo- at the moment. They've got to do something, otherwise it is the GameCube all over again. <laughs> and then they proceeded to drop the mic. Shop 2 purchasing directors said that the price cut quote, has resulted in a smaller than desired increase in the sales at this stage. To me, this is a bad sign when retailers drop the price of the console and no one is moving to pick it up. However, it goes back to our chief complaint about no solid software to back up a new system. After releasing games that are over a year old in some cases, it creates a ho-hum response. Now, Nintendo UK told MCV that they plan on meeting with retailers with hopes of putting out the flames of panic. Quote, we'll be speaking with to our retailers directly over the next few weeks to take them through our plans for building Wii U momentum over the course of 2013, the spokesperson said. We have a strong and broad lineup of software launching this year, and we look forward to updating and exciting our retail partners over the coming weeks, end quote. Uh, it seems like Nintendo was testing the waters about a price drop, but it seems like the pricing was only on the basic system. Uh, could be another reason it had a less of an impact. The basic system of the Wii U is crap, and everyone knows it. Although, if they did a price cut on the deluxe model, I think the results would have been different. Hmm. But... I The Nintendo... Nintendo... Wii U is weird. Like, I don't... And you know what's funny? is like, I see at work all the time that I see kids playing it a lot. And they're, they're thoroughly enjoying it. Right. You know, they're, they've got a big smile on their face. You know, they're loving it. And I think that's great. You know, I, I think that that's the point. You know what I mean? Right. Um, I don't see many adults enjoying it, but that's fine. I mean, if, if you have a niche, you have a fucking niche. Um... If you have a niche, scratch that itch, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but the problem is is that you can't launch a system months down the line, expect it to be successful, but you only have a handful of games out. Yeah. And Ninten- the thing is, is that out of everyone, Nintendo should know this. Absolutely. I mean, Nin- Nintendo throughout their history have always been the people that have brought 
just quality games all the time. Quality games. Look at the the. I'm I'm reaching back a little bit for some of our younger listeners, but the the Super Nintendo. It it was like every time I turned around, it's a fucking gorgeous game for that system. You know, yeah. and it's nowadays it's like. Oh, here's like four or five games right at launch that are shit, and then you know, well, we'll do something later. Right. And what the fuck? Yeah, I mean, I agree. And the fact that they had the whole, you know, Mass Effect and 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 Goth, uh, Arkham City, and all that s- such games that have already been played for months, if not a year prior, on other systems. Who's gonna buy the same game? simply to just play it on a different console. Yeah. You know, that's like the person that buys, oh, I'm going to buy it on the PlayStation 3 and then buy it on the Xbox. Why? It it doesn't make any sense. And, you know, a price drop is something a lot of people wanted, but it was obviously an unofficial price drop, and it was a price drop done by the retailers because they wanted to move. The, it's not clearing their shelves fast enough. And... Nintendo has to know this and obviously because they're going to take into account the the UK market because the UK market may not be very big but it is very it does kind of describe the user the user's likes and if they're not moving it there they're going to make room for something else and that Nintendo needs to be worried about that and needs to really start thinking shit what do we got to do yeah all right. Well, I think that about does it for us this week. So you can check out a lot of these stories and more on our website, lazygeeks.com. Oh. oh. Uh, be sure to subscribe to the Lazy Geeks Network, where you can listen to all of our other shows that are available for you, like Crash Test Movie Dummies, Lazy Ring of Death, and In the Ink. Uh, like us on Facebook and add us to your circle on Google+. You can follow us on Twitter at the Lazy Geeks, one word. You can follow uh, myself at Lazy underscore Nomad or Adam over there at Lazy underscore Sapien. The Lazy Geeks theme was provided by the talented Kevin McLeod. So be sure to comment on this or any podcast either on iTunes or the website, thelazygeeks.com. Tell us the good, the bad, and the sexy. Mm. It's not like we haven't heard it before. I mean, let's mm-hmm. be let's be real. Mm-hmm. Uh, So remember, we're thinking so you don't have to. So until next time, or next week actually, for our 100th episode, (laughs) a peace out.